Hello and welcome to the super colorful original telecommunicated transmission, otherwise known as Scott Cast. Ah, that after feud cast glow. Isn't it good Ooh. to be done with that thing finally? That was uh, quite a journey. It was grueling. <clears throat> it was difficult, but alas, you triumphed. Here we are. And here we are. Victorious. Victorious Ian Dixon, fan favorite. Everyone knew it. No underdog story here, folks. <laughs> <laughs> this is a podcast that's about reality. And sometimes, sometimes in life, the sure bet is, is the sure bet. The cigar is a cigar, as they say. <laughs> as little, they say. A little Freudian slip right there. That's nice. I like that. Yeah. We're redefining Freudian slip for this podcast. Not to be uh, sub, a, a thing from your subconscious leaking out into your vocab accidentally, but... An accidental reference to Sigmund Freud. Or not accidental. Or just a... Re- yeah. <laughs> Sometimes you slip it in on purpose. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good out-of-context quote. <laughs> Sometimes you slip it in on purpose. That's right. So, And you slipped in that win on purpose. If you cast... That's two hours of grueling video to watch. So if you if you yeah. watch that thing and you're listening now, and that means you're an ultimate Scott Cast fan. That means you're pretty congratulations. Awesome. Like I'm pretty sure we're gonna have at least two or three people who are gonna be in this slot of Scott Cast fan. And I just want I just want to know I just want you to know that if you guys are on top of Scott Cast, you got your Scott Cast scratch going. You need Scott Cast, and if you're that one of those people who are a loyal listener, and you just can't get enough of this pod, I gotta tell you, I gotta tell you, I appreciate you, you know, and I show my appreciation because this is not a podcast where I just talk out of my, you know what, ass. <laughs> Thanks for clarifying. <laughs> I realize Ian knows what, but maybe our listeners don't. <laughs> So, but we, when we say something, we tell the truth and we're going to make it happen. I know Feedcast came out later than all the previews said it would. <laughs> I, I was like, Thursday, write it in big capital letters, put it at the end, make it obvious, do it. Yeah, you can do it. Now take a break for 24 hours and don't work on it. It'll be fine. That wasn't, it wasn't the case. Yeah. Like at the, at the 48 hours out of it, I started working in earnest on Feedcast. And 48 hours later of pure work. Couldn't I was, do it. I was halfway through David's game. <laughs> <laughs> and David's a wordy fellow. He, he wanted to educate everybody about uh, exercise fitness. physiology yeah. and fitness and fitness, <laughs> fitness info in your ears, mm-hmm. as David would say. Make a pun about it. But, you know... There's only so much information I want to give out for each Scott cast. I don't want to, I don't, we got to protect the value of Scott cast. And if one episode has enough information to lead to a whole master's degree, it's like what incentive do listeners have to listen to the next episode? They have enough, right? So, True. but you no, know, that's the problem though with David. Yeah. I, I love David. He's one of the smartest guys I know. You know, well articulate person, mm-hmm. but <laughs> the man is pure id. He yeah. is podcasting id, basically. Like in person, of course, he's a personable person. He's pure sexual energy. <laughs> <laughs> 
That's not exactly what I was going for with my oh, reference. It was, it was the uh, the primal nature of him. Yeah, the primal nature of him, not his sexual nature. I don't know okay. that about him. If you're if you've dated David in the past and you're listening to Scott Cast now, oh. email hot for Scott. He was Cast. beating off all feud guests. Yeah, he yeah the nerves were beating off of him for sure because he was losing the entire time, except for a few other times. If you haven't watched it. If you haven't watched it by now, come on. I threw out like a thousand social media posts about it. And that should, be en- that should be enough to attract an audience. That's right. Right. So, Bat Nipple anyways. I'm sure he watched it. Yeah. And I wanted to award his loyalty. Reward his loyalty. Yeah. And so we got together. We designed a shirt. It's got the old school Batman logo. Six nipples. And Bat Nipple Forever. In the font used by the movie Batman Forever. So that was a good touch. There you go. Problem was. Oh. Here's the problem. I'm not that great at designing shirts. I've designed mm-hmm. one shirt before this one. It was one with this Digimolic skull on the chest. That was a sweet shirt. It's a sweet shirt. That's a good shirt. It, but the problem with the Batman shirt that I'm sure Charlie, uh, Master Charles, I should say, uh, noticed mm-hmm. was that the the art for it was pushed up right up to the collarbone. Oh no! And it's like so. It's like it's it's way it's awkwardly uptight up on the up on the chest where it should be down like six seven inches. Yeah. So you know you live you learn. It was a free shirt just for appreciation. And now I know all about t shirt design. <laughs> <laughs> I know where to put the logo. So at this point, Feudcast is released. At this point, I also have a bonus section on the website where we got a few of our first products available to support Scottcast and show your Scottcast love. Holy shit. I have a whole range of things. It's going to be great. So you should Tell check us all it out. about that, that stuff. What's to, it on there? Go to hotforscottcast.com and check out some of our... We do this instead of the Audible sponsorship because it turns out everybody's got Audible. <laughs> <laughs> and, and and there's no real reason to promote them a lot, even though we're going to keep promoting them just to see if anybody, see if we can get that last Audible subscriber. So to go to Audible Trial. Somebody out there has not subscribed to Audible. One yet. person, I bet. And I'm going to find that person. <laughs> and I'm going to get them to use my link. That's that's a Scott Cast mission. But in the meantime, if you want to support Scott Cast, the best way to support it is by promoting us, showing your love publicly, wearing it upon you with pride, and telling everybody that you know how great Scott Cast is. Because yeah. we need we, we need that social clout. You can't just post on the internet and hope people come on because uh, the internet is full of people doing that, and no one cares what you have to say on the internet. This is true. That's, that's why it's so good. Yeah, the internet is like a big echo chamber of bullshit that you can throw anything in. And unless you, you're getting a little too racy, a little too vault-casty, if you will, <laughs> you'll probably fade into obscurity and no one will care. So, I mean, speaking of that, we uh, a few episodes back, we, we kind of proposed a challenge of uh, folks could suggest a uh, tattoo for me. Oh, that's true. And there was... A suggestion of a Scott Cast tattoo to promote the show, mm-hmm. but there wasn't the th- the three for a specific tattoo that we uh, 
required for me to follow through with that. So maybe... Yeah, we didn't get a lot of votes for it. Maybe our, our listeners could kind of continue that that surge and they could come to a definitive answer. Okay, so what are you, so you're saying we need to get the ScottCast listeners out there to write in to Hot for Scott I'm saying Cast. I have a lot of naked skin that could be tattooed. We need more tattoo ideas. Yeah. That's what you're saying. Yep. Okay. We need more <laughs> tattoo ideas for Ian. Do give me, but here's an also a thing is we're going to be making a lot of t-shirts. Yeah. Uh, one for each episode. And we're going to make the t-shirt design based off of some joke or theme that came up in the episode. And I've already got a request. Whose glorious idea was that? It was yours? Yours. Oh, okay. <laughs> I don't remember. I don't know where ideas come from anymore. I think that was your idea. They just kind of happen, and we run with them. Um, but we got a request for design. Uh, remember the time we brought up Mantis Shrimp and how they should be uh, like a security force yeah. within the floorboards of your house? Yeah. Because they punch their punches a bullet strength. Yeah. But anyways, we got a we got a request. We want a Mantis Shrimp T-shirt. Okay. So we're going to be designing a Mantis Shrimp t-shirt, and that'll be available on hotforscottcast.com. Fuck yeah. That'll be good. You already know somebody wants it, so maybe you want it too. Don't let them be the only person with it. You know? If you want to be cool, sign up. It's a, it's a marginal profit for ScottCast, by the way. Very marginal. <laughs> yeah, it's like, a, like it'll give us like 50 cents once everything's said and done. So, like, the money you spend is purely goes to, it's a high-quality shirt, super soft, bat nipple itself, even though the logo's a little high up. Uh, the shirt itself, super high-quality, super soft. It's one of his better shirts, he says. And so why not? So, like, peep, go to hotforscottcast.com with number four, by the way, hot number four scottcast.com, and check out those that, those, that, that hot swag that we got. Yeah. That'd be great. So, Ian, you won Feudcast. You're feeling pretty good. I certainly did. You know, you 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 feel like you, you feel like your style of podcasting has triumphed in a, in a in the ultimate test. We put you guys together with four different games. Yeah, and you went in and you just tore it up. You point after point after point. I mean, sort of towards the end there, through some trickery. It, it was a little <laughs> close, <laughs> but the silent D almost, <clears throat> the sneaky D, sneaky D. <laughs> sneaky D almost came up on you. It's true. But I didn't expect him to be so adept at, uh, distinguishing those lyrics, but, um, right. Yeah. I think, um, overall we balanced well. Yeah. I mean, it turns out, it turns out the three people who make up the primary force of Scott Cass, myself, David, <clears throat> Ian. Yeah. Correspond quite nicely to a little theory of psychology you just uh, you gave me a bit of schooling on. Yeah. Yeah. You were telling me about the id, the superego, and the ego. Yeah. I think so it's clear who the ego is. Well. <laughs> it's called Scott Cast. <laughs> Yes, a good old, good old Sigmund Freud, uh, in his, however, misguided ways, had this this uh, theory about uh, the mind, and so there's you got the the kind of three parts, and the it is uh, the primal urges, the sexual 
urges, the mm-hmm. the need for survival. David. David. He's always talking about fitness. It's always about fitness. He's always talking the body. about the body's yep. strength. And he, and he podcasts from the hip. You know, he's he's all about the extemporaneous uh, thoughts coming out. Precisely. And, 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 and coming to the audience with pure... He's Pure like instinct. He's he's like a version of Drew. That's that 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 <laughs> that spits out exercise facts rather than totally uh, offensive, borderline, <laughs> borderline, uh, in a completely inappropriate, borderline unpublishable on the internet. There you go. Content. <laughs> so. Where where Drew is like I like I like to introduce Drew in as like a hurricane force like a weather system like yeah. oh crap it Drew's on all the <laughs> throw your hands up because things are gonna get weird and so he's like he's more of a weather system and David is more of like an id mm-hmm. like he's just very he's just very primal primal yeah and like all about the aggressive podcasting and you however. You have a different bent to it, something that you don't see in podcasting very often, something that I, mm. when I picked up on in you before we even started podcasting, I yeah. was like, you know, this guy, <laughs> this guy has a style of thinking that emphasizes things that most podcasters don't go for. He's got this super ego thinking. I didn't think of it yeah. this time because I, I didn't, I didn't know about this. Because you just found out about this like an hour, later. An hour, <laughs> an hour ago. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> But I, I, I'm much like Sigmund Freud, you know, the genius he was. Mm. I am also such genius. I was thinking of it myself. I was, but I wasn't coming up with weird theories about the mom. I was just thinking yeah. about podcasting. And your style, it comes from the more refined, rational processing. This is very much uh, about social norms and about values, and uh, yeah. So it's it's kind of. How the external world relates to the self, right? What does that mean? So, whereas Dave is, like, all about self-preservation, like, specifically survival and... Uh, He's talking about Elon Sexual fitness, like... Um, Fitting that sneaky D in. <laughs> sneaky D. <laughs> <laughs> That's so such that's a bad nickname to have. <laughs> that's like, like what connotations to somebody who doesn't know <laughs> what that means? <laughs> what do they think that we were talking about? <laughs> like, there's only one thing out of context that could mean, and it was not what it mean meant when he was going on about it. That's that's where he's id. Yeah, is he doesn't think about what he's saying. He just he keeps saying it, and it it's hilarious. So it's. It's uh, it's about that urge, that primal urge. Yeah, Scott, he's about the self. I am about, about Scott Cast, baby. Exactly. So he's he's the ego. The if that gets out of control, it can turn into narcissists, like our president. Right. Like Elon Musk, potentially. Like Elon Musk, potentially. Mm. We'll get into that later, maybe. Yeah. We, we might have a series of pods debating Elon Musk's... Perhaps. Because uh, I know David is very pro-Musk. And I know you are... are We're going anti-Musk. Thoughts. You have thoughts. But, well... So anyway, like, that's important, though. Self, self-esteem, self self-preservation, that's... If more people were like me, the world would be better, is what you're saying, right? You... <laughs> 
in a way, keep David in check. Oh, how is this? How is this? Oh, tell me. Please tell me more. Because Dave is all about primal urges. He's just fucking everything. Anything that moves. Like, they're talking about his podcasting, right? (laughs) (laughs) Potentially, sure. (laughs) Okay, go on. We're saying, like, uh, we all have urges that at some point they're kind of weird, right? I guess so. I guess so. You're like, you do something and then you you go back and you're like, why the fuck did I do that? That was weird. Yeah, you're you're walking out of your closet like, yeah. oh, I, think, oh, I can't believe that even stole, that stood was, up. That was kind of fucked up. I shouldn't have did that. Yeah. That's what the ego is about. That's what I do. You're like, hey, we're going to prevent, um, you're going to prevent your mind from acknowledging those things. All right. To protect yourself. Yeah. Because it's important that you feel good about you. And who I am, who I am in relation to the world. That makes a lot of sense because, like, sure, like, in the pod, like, when you see me, I can be, like, a passive force. But particularly in the editing room, I am pure ego. Like, what does this make me look like? Exactly. It's got my name on it. Yeah. I'm always the center shot. I'm always the, I'm the one who's bringing all these people together. So we we do the extreme example, and you go into the world of Freud, and it's uh, oh, I had this weird thought about fucking my mom, and like no, <laughs> don't do that. This is the second podcast we brought that subject up with you. I just want to point. I don't I don't have anything to say about it. I'm and just so saying. the ego the ego shuts that shit down. You're denying that. You're putting that into the subconscious. Yeah, that's that's locked away forever. Right. And ironically, Freud didn't really shut that part down. <laughs> well, <laughs> he said he wrote a book about it. <laughs> sometimes acknowledging that helps free you. Yeah, acknowledging that you're shutting something down. But most of the time, you should not have sex with your mother. Most of the time. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Just saying. That's a separate podcast where we anyway. do that 1% <laughs> that you're thinking about. Sometimes maybe that makes you feel less, less anxious. I don't know. Yeah, at a poll. That's released. That's for another cast. <laughs> okay. So that's your role is you're uh, you're controlling Dave, and you are letting your own self esteem kind of bloom and blossom. Yeah, yeah. I trim. I I keep I keep a lot of the brute force of Dave in. Yeah. Like, oh, he's he's spitting out like fifty facts a minute here. Like you know, okay, we'll keep him. We'll keep a little bit of that. Yeah. But like, I don't want people to think that we're some just, of that's good. Yeah, it's yeah, a little bit of that, just yeah. the, the and then nature. the ego comes in, chops it off. Yeah, exactly. we're going too long. Like, oh, no. you you done? You crossed a boundary. We gotta repress that. That's right. Yeah, we should not make a pedophilia joke here. Absolutely not. Cut. <laughs> <laughs> and cut that too. <laughs> so super ego comes in. Super ego is uh, it's how that that. Self relates to the outside world. So this is when Scott Cast is disseminated to the ears of the public. Yes. And how do, how are we perceived and how should we maybe censor ourselves, both the id and the ego? Oh, so, so how do you how do you censor how do you censor the great Scott? <laughs> I'm well, force to be reckoned with. I'm not like David where you're just like shut up David. <laughs> We're going to the next segment. You calm down. Well, where can ego go wrong? You've got uh, 
What is what is the ego in its essence? Ego in its essence is a pompous ass. Exactly. <laughs> Something like Elon Musk. Oh, so that's, oh. An, that's an example of what could happen to Scott from ScottCast, are you saying? I could become... Potentially. I mean, it doesn't sound that bad, we would, Elon Musk. I mean, I would hope you would not become Elon Musk. Okay. As a, as a fan of ScottCast. All right, you think if I, be, if, I, if I delve too much into my ego role, I would be... I would, I would start tarnishing the image of Scott Cass as a perfectly balanced. It's a media. fear I have for you. Yes. Okay. So you're because you're... Elon Musk. I mean, he's done great things. He's uh, he's launched a car into space for some reason. I don't, <laughs> I'm not sure why. <laughs> like his biggest thing, like that, no one acknowledges, <laughs> is that he made it easy to pay for shit online. Yeah, but it's not glorious. That was fine. It's not like life changing. He's not going to get in the history books about that. And I feel like. Like, he knows that that's the biggest accomplishment he's, biggest change he's made in this world is PayPal. It's like, obviously, more people interact with that and just change more lives than anything else he's done. And like, but no one cares. No one, like, people look at PayPal and like, "Mm, PayPal. mm, Yeah. Yeah. There's better options, I guess. No one really recognizes PayPal for what it was. Right. So he's like trying to repair this image because he's an out of control egomaniac. He's got all this money. Precisely. All this prestige. He's got people, he's got a subset of people talking about how much he's a genius and like he's the next, he's the, he's the next great inventor of our time. Mm-hmm. You know, he's way better. Than, I'll give him that he's way better than Steve Jobs as in terms of like being like an enterprising inventor. Okay. In the sense that he's more in the technical aspect of stuff and he is, and he seems to have bigger plans than steve jobs is very steve aspirational jobs, yeah yeah steve jobs was more strategic he was mm-hmm. like well I, I he's not going to space but you know he did fit fitness he was fitness all this music in everybody's pocket <laughs> <laughs> you're gonna take this u2 and you're gonna like it <laughs> yeah oh, i saw that <laughs> I think I think he was dead when that happened though, so it's like he gets a pass because like Apple went completely to crap right after Steve yeah. Jobs died. Like it's like Steve Jobs was alive and like the it's sure towards the end of his life it wasn't that revolutionary. They're, they're gonna shit the bed further because yeah. we were fucking our trade relationship with China anyway. Yeah, and they were too reliant <laughs> on that stuff. But what I'm thinking with Elon Musk though, Elon is, Musk. Yeah, here's the thing though. Here's where I bring up Steve Jobs. Uh, I bring up Steve Jobs because we saw what happened when you have this big innovative head, mm-hmm. like this ego at the end of a company, basically. Yeah. And and then once they go, it gets passed on, and that person will never take the helm the same way that the innovator did. Right. And it's going to go to crap. Like, they're, you're going to get iPhones that don't have a headphone jack. This is coming from <laughs> the same company that invented being able to put a headphone jack in your pocket and get... <laughs> billions of songs at your fingertips they invented that and then they were like let's get rid of it we changed we invented the wheel now let's make it square right and that's what happened when he died and so like elon musk's mission is to go to mars to do these things that are going to take lifetimes to really realize yeah like there's no way he's going to do this in his lifetime and everyone knows it it's just Mm -hmm. just common sense you're it's not going to happen and Who's going to go on with it? It's going to be some penny-pinching accountant who's trying to squeeze money out of Tesla. It's not going to be anyone who cares about the space stuff. And that's the fucking problem with Elon Musk. Go on. Thank you. (laughs) I'm glad I set the bed for you. Oh, God. So, 
as we speak, he is. I read three headlines from Elon Musk this week. Okay, what did he do? What's, what's, what's Elon Musk up? What's the Musk date? Do you want the good news or the bad news? Well, give us the good news first. Let's 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 let, let's before we sh- well <laughs> should we shit on him? We've been shitting. We're gonna shit on him with the good news also. Okay. So, <laughs> okay, let's start with the light shitting. Light shitting. <laughs> <laughs> so there was the story about uh, you had the the soccer team trapped in the caves in Thailand. It's like twelve year old boys, twelve a dozen twelve year old boys trapped in these caves in Thailand. They had to send in divers to save them. Okay. Elon Musk comes in and he's like, "I'm gonna save these boys." All right. I'm gonna send in this submarine. And he's the I'm only gonna, one who could do this. He he gave all this technology, and the people who were actually trying to save these boys were like, "This is completely not workable. This is stupid." Okay, this so isn't going to help us. People on the ground floor were like, "They're like, you're not we realizing. have experience actually rescuing folk. You are not helping." Mm-hmm. Okay. So I was thinking about like. We talk about media bias and like how we present these stories and like how would how would I present the story if I was trying to be unbiased and I don't know if I would be a very good journalist but the headline I came up with was Elon Musk exploits helpless tie boys to stroke own ego. Hmm. I don't know. What do you think about that? Ego is in that headline. (laughs) That's what I think. To stroke own. Yeah, I'm, I, I hope that came out clear in the audio, <laughs> because we're not a, we're not about to accuse uh, Elon we're n- Musk. Of we're not suggesting that, that he's a pedophile, but we're, we're talking uh, about Elon Musk on the world stage, not whatever he does. Although there was a freaking image that was going around the internet. Yeah, apparently he's like dating like a Lord lookalike kind of person. Like, so, yeah, which is cool. Which is like I'm not I'm not saying anything uh, about whatever, that. Whatever, that's fine. In fact, what I was thinking is like people seem to be jumping on the shitting on Musk train for like yeah. almost no reason too. You know, is that right? Yeah, because like like people were like the reason I saw this image is like mm-hmm. people were basically criticizing him for dating this person. Which is like, whose business is that? Like, That's true. Why yeah. do you care what this guy's doing? Why he's dating somebody? I mean, he's not even like a, like a super old. It's not even like a weird like uh, Jenna Jameson kind of situation. Yeah. Or whoever that person was that dated like the ninety year old and waited for him to die. Yeah. You know that that thing. It's not even that story. Mm-hmm. So it's like, why are you circulating this image shitting on him? Other other than like this innate hatred. Yeah. It seems like you have more. A reasonable reasons though so it's like where what 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 is this lightning rod known as elon musk i'm interested i know david is pro musk yeah anti-musk well i don't know am i classist now i don't think you're classist because because you're giving thoughts i mean maybe he is maybe he's okay let's give him the benefit of the i doubt. think i think he's jumping into territory that he doesn't have expertise in and it makes him look dumb Right. Like, so maybe, yeah, this is where Elon Musk needs more of a superego. Perhaps. This to, is what he's doing. He's got to censor himself. He's feud casting is what he's doing. Yeah. He, he's, he's putting out all these tweets, these headlines. He's showing video of people diving in a Los Angeles pool holding a thingy. And he's like, we're going to get this done, <laughs> folks. And he's like standing all proud and all that stuff. And, and, uh, 
And apparently it's for no real reason. Like, yeah. maybe he should have just sent the thing quietly. I mean, fortunately, the, the, the Thai soccer team was rescued without the None help of, the of Elon's Musk. Uh, technological yeah yeah like if if i was okay let's say this is an episode of scott cast yeah. and like we just got news that this is happening and like mm-hmm. the only way to save them is for scott cast to send some of its scott cast technology over to the thailand people or to to rescue these people and so what do we do like like here i here we got david he's he's already <laughs> packing the things in the box it's happening <laughs> And then we got me. I've got my social media out. Yeah. I'm like, I'm texting. I'm like, I'm like, I got to get the likes for this one. Yeah. And you're saying your role would be, Scott, wait. I'm like. This might not work. Will this actually be helpful? Yeah. Yeah. So maybe we should not, at least not text about it first. Well, we should we should figure out how we can help before we try to help. Because yeah. we might make things worse. We should have just. Yeah, we shouldn't. We shouldn't. Yeah, because like when you have a public profile like that, and you announce something, yeah. so definitively, you're gonna get all this outpouring and stuff like that. You're gonna, yeah. like the worst case scenario would be uh, like the poor families of these Thailand people, right? They're watching the news and they they see Elon Musk, powerful Elon Musk. They love Musk, and like they use like they know he sent a dog to space or something, all right? And he launched his car out there for some reason. Yeah, you put his, you put a car, his pet iguana, and a mannequin turned on David Bowie and sent it off to space. He's like, "Go, go on, pet iguana, go on, Iggy, you go and pop, Iggy. Go where no man has gone before, Iggy. I'll meet you later." Anyway, uh, so so he's doing all that kind of thing. And these Thailand people, maybe they're huge fans. They see he's going to help. They're excited. They're like, finally, mm-hmm. we got hope. And then what if it didn't go well? You just raise their hope infinitely, only to be crushed indefinitely. Well, I mean, there was uh, there was some Thai Navy SEALs. So not our Navy SEALs, but the, the Thailand. Whatever equivalent that is. The equivalent in Thailand some of them went diving to trying to save these kids and they fucking died. God damn. So this is like serious shit. Yeah. Like, yeah. The, like rescue diving is a serious, yeah, serious thing. But they wound up, they saved the entire team. They saved 12 children and a coach. Um, no thanks to Elon Musk and his little device thing. <laughs> didn't, he got a lot of exposure. Didn't do shit. Nope. Got a lot of exposure though. Yeah. Everyone was talking about Elon Musk. So that's the, the thing. It's like, what was this about? Was this about Elon Musk uh, giving himself a little stroke or was this <laughs> a little ego stroke? It's about actually saving children. Well, I think it's clear that it was it was a PR ploy. Yeah. Because I mean, even if with the kindest intentions and that mm-hmm. like he was thinking to himself, maybe good I good intentions. I'll give him that. Great intentions and, and and maybe he didn't even go for the PR thing. Maybe he maybe his maybe his first forward impression was let's save these people. I've got an idea, we'll send yeah. it over. But the act of publishing it all is where he went wrong. Yes. It's like, Oh, you're publishing it. Why are you publishing it? I mean, publish it after if it works, sure. Sure. Why not? Like, you deserve your praise then. 
But like, don't, don't, don't grab onto headlines. That's like, it's the equivalent. It's the billionaire tech genius equivalent of, uh, hashtag like, uh, thoughts and prayers. Yes. Basically. It's, 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 sure he's doing stuff and he's sending it over and he hopes it works. But the tweeting about it is hashtag thoughts and prayers. Yes. Because at that point, if it's unproven, if you don't know what's going to happen, if, if it's a, if you've never done spelunking before, if you've never <laughs> taken a rescue diving course, if you don't know the, the pitfalls of that mm-hmm. kind of thing, I mean, it's an intense thing. You're, you're, what are you digging in like a tunnel or something like that under enormous amounts of pressure and, uh, in a cave system that could fall on any second? Like, right. I get you threw something into space. It's great, but. The ocean is a different freaking beast. In space, there's nothing. And if you can surround yourself with a capsule, and you'll be fine, I guess. We talked about this shit before, too. Like, exploration of the Earth, and we don't know shit about, like, deep sea. Yeah, we don't know anything about the deep sea. We, like, just like we don't know, we know very little about uh, the outer space. Yeah, and... and I mean, I would rather Same live on. in the deep sea yeah. than outer space. Because then it's, there's a bunch of cool creatures around. It's not just the, some sterile landscape. Oh, there's horrible pressure in either situation, though. Yeah, it's thick enough glass. <laughs> <laughs> so, okay. Uh, but that anyway. Was good, that was the good thing he did. So that was the great... The, yeah. I give, that him, was, I give him points for effort. I give him... The only points I have against him in that entire endeavor... Is 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 being so tweet happy about it? Okay, that's 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 and that's not so terrible. I mean, so people was, tweet about shittier things. It's passable. It's passable. I mean, you probably raised the hopes of some people, and there's like whether or not maybe chat on them. <clears throat> I don't know about that. Like, well, you might have chat on the like the expertise <laughs> of the rescue divers and stuff like that, mm-hmm. and and all that might have been like, oh, I can come in and do something better because I'm Elon Musk. I mean, these guys are professionals, you know, just because they're lower profile doesn't mean they're not uh, good at what they do. So that was story one. Story story two. Okay. Uh, Here in the U.S., in uh, California. Mm -hmm. Good old Cali. Elon Musk is trying to prevent his workers at the uh, the good old Tesla factory from unionizing. Huh? Well, you know, I mean, they it depends some, on the political spectrum whether you think this is eh, well, okay or not. They had some concerns about safety in the factory and apparently per, uh, discouraging workers from unionizing is against uh, the law. Right. But like, here's the deal. Labor laws and stuff like that are like apparently the most difficult. I'm not an expert by any means. I, I, I used to date someone who went to get an MBA for labor yeah hr stuff Mm -hmm. like that and so like you know once in a while i'd get bored of watching tv and i'd look at her studying furiously and Mm -hmm. check out some of the notes be like look at that but it turns out like labor laws like barely have a leg to stand on when it comes to enforcement for a much of the thing so it's like true so but that's a problem isn't it maybe maybe (laughs) i mean it's because what's what's it depends What's the problem with people being able to uh, congregate and decide on conditions for employment? If they need specific conditions for safety and for pay for living standards, 
why can't they congregate to negotiate that rather than doing that individually? I mean, that's a question as old as unions, really. I like. I, I don't want to see. Well, apparently, uh, Elon Musk has a problem with that. Elon, we know Elon Musk stances. I mean, once you once you're in business, because he doesn't want to pay it. individuals for what they do. What, what does that mean? It means he knows out of the whatever number of uh, folks he employs that he can manipulate some percentage of them into taking less. I mean, uh, I mean, that's every business. Yeah. Like, like you negotiate prices with people because everybody in a given business has different living standards. Like some, some people can live off of of a sparse amount. Some people need a little bit more. Some people need a little bit more incentive. And a lot of the time, like with each individual, if Mm -hmm. we're talking high caliber, I mean, I'm assuming Tesla does, I don't know what kind of people, like if this is janitors or if this is high tech engineers, I don't know who, who this is covering is there is there any is it like a high skilled labor or is it like like i'm on the floor turning wrenches labor that's a huge difference my understanding is it's uh it's in the the factories so the production right okay so they're building the cars so like is it like blue collar like blue collar or white collar because because it's elon musk doesn't he have like robots doing most of this shit i don't even know what the distinguishing factor between blue collar and white collar is well i think it's just it's just the skills the salary like white collar like for blue white collar don't do actually work and blue collar people <laughs> like negotiation standard like for blue collar it's like hourly work you come in and you do that for for white collar people it's salary work and it's more based like like you might have an 80 hour week but you get paid the same amount some white collar you might be white collar holy fuck you know what i mean i don't think you're white collar i mean they, you can't divide i make worker. bullshit and i'm like, white I'm collar, no collar. <laughs> <laughs> i'm I salaried i don't know <laughs> Like, I don't think it's, it's not the salary distinction, but it's just it's the it's the type of work and the and the type of field and basically your class distinction, I think. So it's like so yes, when it's, class. That's the thing, though. It's like yes. who are these people? Who's striking? Is it skilled people? Is it like a like it's a bunch of why does tech? it matter? It doesn't um, matter. They want to be safe in their workplace and they want fair wages. Well, it matters. They are allowed to congregate and just dis- decide what that is. Well, it matters because skilled labor is a, is is highly negotiable and variable, and it's not really a sob story for them if if they can't get the deal they want because it's skilled labor. Well, but if they're doing safety standards, then like like that's the thing. I need more information. Like, let's assume blue collar for the rest of this conversation. <laughs> let's assume it's 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 people on the floor turning wrenches. They're unionizing. And well, basically, what's going on is Elon Musk is saying, I'll try to accommodate you if you agree to not unionize. And that is illegal. Is it illegal? Yes. I don't think it is. It is. Where's the law? What's the law? What's it saying? You You can't. can't, You can't. Free to work. You can't coerce people to not unionize. What? Where is that? What is that? I need that information. Is, I can't. I'm not going to spout off about I, this if I don't know what it is. I. I mean, I'm not going to pull it up right now. You're, but it, you've got a very there's a there's a you. there's a labor act, the Fair Labor Act, that specifies that you cannot. Is making a deal coercion? Because they can turn down the deal. 
They can turn on, turn on the deal, but you can't stop people from organizing. Well, it's not. Is it stopping if it's just a deal? You can't be like, I will do this if you do not organize. You can't stop people from organizing. That's what Elon Musk is doing. Like in his Tesla factory. Indefinitely. That's what he's doing. Like, here's the deal. At this point, he's like, I will negotiate safety standards if you agree to not unionize. And he cannot do that. So what if they do unionize and they they say no? And then so is he saying then it'll go to court and Elon Musk will get fucked in the ass. Is that true? I I don't think your understanding of labor laws is on point. I think I think you're reading articles of opinionated. I think it's likely that he will succeed because that's how our legislative system works. But well, that's just an apathetic opinion. It is. That's yeah. an apathetic, especially if you're going to come on here with an opinion about it. You got to come up with a solution. You can't just be like Elon Musk is a dick. Well, he's a dick. I think he should allow his employees to organize and make a concerted statement about what they need. Uh-huh. And he should either address that or not, which is his right. So let's say... But he can't stop them from coming to that agreement, and that's what he's trying to do. And that's he's, for sure. And But, like, the way he's doing it, though, like, I'm like, is it really coercion? Because, like, back in the day when these laws were made, mm-hmm. like, the union busters who were stopping people from unionizing were people who were literally hired gangsters to go beat the shit out of people. <laughs> is, is offering a different deal where, like, okay, well, let's do this instead... Because, like, there's a lot of costs associated with the business, and maybe mm-hmm. you can't sustain the business and include a union and all that cost and, like, and have no negotiating power. Like, Let's talk he's, about he's all low- the great business decisions that Elon Musk is Please, making. Like, this, 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 <laughs> might, this might give me a little bit more sympathy for him. Like, if, because if, his businesses aren't turning massive profits right no, now. No, they're not. Because, like, so it's like, if he needs to punch pennies to keep things working and, and like, you know. So maybe he should not uh, try to develop new technologies to save You're saying he's stretching himself children. too thin and he's putting it he's, on the workers. He's throwing it into directions that he knows nothing about. Okay. He's launching his car into space for some fucking reason that we still don't know. Mm-hmm. Whereas if you're building cars, build cars and treat your employees right so that you can build quality cars safely, right? Sure. So okay, so you're saying he's he, you're saying he's got resources in so many different directions. He's got these pet projects. Saving he's doing people, dumb things, sending things in space. And you're saying if he pulled back on the PR, yeah, then he could compensate his workers fair. And my argument against that is the PR is the only thing keeping his fucking company alive. The only reason people buy a Tesla is because it's be cool true. because Elon Musk is behind it and he's going to send people to space. So I got a Tesla. So I'm one of those people who are going to go to space. So it's like he needs to do these crazy freaking marketing plans. He needs to do these crazy PR stunts just that to keep this true. thing alive. Well, that means he's a bad business person because he's not. Who says he? Who says he wasn't? <laughs> like everyone when when he when he so, got, when he sold PayPal and he put all his money into his next venture, everyone said it was stupid. Yeah. And when he did the next thing, everyone said it was stupid. Everyone always says his next move is stupid. Now maybe everyone is actually correct, and it's just taking a while. That could be. I think that's what's happening. It's just like it's just so maybe this is the end then. Yeah, because it sounds like if he's if he's going to be so PR focused, like trying to 
like if he's if he's saving Thailand boys to avoid mm-hmm. the union busting argument, yeah, because he can't afford to accommodate these people, but he can afford space travel and stuff like that, right? Then there, there's a, there's a very good chance that Musk's mission has he's no longer shut the bed. Yeah. So like it's not even going to get to the point where where's the Steve Jobs passing it on to the to the next generation of just uh, pump out iPhones. Agreed. It's, yeah, I think that's what's happening. I don't know. I don't know too much about union busting, though. Obviously, and I, I, I'm reticent to have his hard opinion on it. It's such yeah. a charged issue. I honestly don't know that much about it either. I, <laughs> I just, I know what he's doing is not legal. <laughs> right. Well, yeah. And like my <clears throat> argument is, I don't know. Maybe it is. Because <laughs> there's free to work states. So that well, that doesn't that doesn't matter because there's uh, whatever it is. Because I don't know the finer points of it. And, like, when it comes to, There's like, a Fair Labor Act of 19-whatever. 19 busting that, knees. <laughs> <laughs> you can't... Yeah, you can't stop people from organizing. Right. Anywho. And so, yeah. Number three. Number three. So we've got the sort of pro, but not really effective uh, Elon Musk... I think it's all coming together. Like it seems to be coming together as as a story of a desperate, of a desperate tech genius. It's who a desperate himself too far. Agreed. And this is sort of the culmination of that. What's that? And so he's he's now vowing to solve the Flint water crisis, which has been going on for ever. Holy <laughs> fuck! It's got to be. Has it been almost a decade? Yeah, was it during... It's a, been a long was time. It, was it when... It was when Obama was in office. Snyder was the one that initiated it, because he mm-hmm. sort of did the uh, the state takeover, and they decided that they were going to switch the water source to save money. It hasn't... I don't know if... Uh, how long has he been? It's been eight years, probably. It's been a while. Not quite a decade. It's been a while. It's been too fucking long. Yeah, it's, I, I don't think there's. I don't think you'll find a soul alive who's going to say Flint. Yeah, it's okay. <laughs> yeah. So good old good old witchy Bronwyn. She was born and raised in Flint. Mm-hmm. Well, so we have a special spot in our hearts for that city, and uh, they're they're still struggling. Mm-hmm. Elon Musk has vowed to resolve the Flint water crisis. Did he like? How do you do it? Like he was just tweeting one day. He was just tweeting. That's what he does when he takes it again. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna solve the Earth's problems. <laughs> so we don't we don't have a good plan for that. Uh, maybe he's gonna give a lot of money. I don't know. They are in the process of uh, replacing the main like water supply lines, mm-hmm. with, which I imagine is the first step with non lead lines. Just <laughs> good start. Yeah, they're shoveling the asbestos out as we speak, guys. <laughs> But still, like, everything that got flushed into the homes is, like, the home, the house lines are contaminated. Like, there's a lot of infrastructure that needs to be replaced. They stopped providing bottled water. The state was supplying that for a short time. Mm-hmm. And we stopped. They just stopped. Because, <laughs> <laughs> uh, fuck it. Yeah, we got bored. People mm-hmm. forgot about it, maybe. Mm-hmm. So I wasn't polling enough. I don't know. Apparently Elon Musk's going to solve that somehow. I don't know how, I don't know what his plan is. That was, that was a recent development. 
that sounds like another ego stroke that he's just trying to show the world that he's doing something right. I mean, it's either ego stroke or or he's really just he, he really needs to get a good. Maybe image he out there. means to do that, but like he doesn't. Again, he's he's feud casting. He keeps he's just launching his car into space for no reason. He doesn't know what he's doing. Well, that was fine. <laughs> that like to, to me that was fine because he launched the car into space. And all of a sudden, there was a car in space, and that's when he said it. So it's like, cool. That's actually happened. Nice. Cool. Why not launch a car into space? Yeah. You know? I don't care. I don't care if a car hits an alien. I mean, that's fine. But, like, when it comes to... If he's doing... If he's trying to do something meaningful... Make, like... Do it like do it like he did the Tesla car. Do it, do it first. Right. And then report the results on your Twitter when they happen. You know how many yes. retweets you're going to get for that? Yes. Right now, he's just getting people who love Elon he's Musk. He's just, yep. He's, it's all foreplay right now. Yeah. It's all that is. It's like people who love Elon Musk are, are liking and retweeting him and being supportive of him and saying, everyone else is an idiot. And people who are ambivalent about Elon Musk are going about their day. Mm-hmm. And people who hate Elon Musk are being labeled as haters. And he's just in this echo chamber of ego. Kind of like what I want to create for Scottcast. I want to be in a situation where I have hordes of people totally loyal to Scottcast. Yeah. Just giving me praise, accolades all day on Twitter. You know, the the black button's real easy if people are going to come at me with uh, questionable thoughts like Scottcast wasn't that great this week. Mm-hmm. Delete. <laughs> Block. Go away, kid. This ain't for you. Scottcast is for people who are dedicated. It's a dedicated podcast. And Elon Musk, all he's doing, all he seems to be doing is playing to his base. Yeah. That's that's the thing. That's the so thing. How, how are you going to distinguish yourself from Elon Musk? Because if I'm going to be a part of Scottcast... You can't, you can't be associated. I don't know if I can be associated with this. I mean... We haven't even gotten into the KFR stuff and the, my my empathy for humanity right so like, we're like an hour in i mean we started shitting on elon musk and you got <laughs> you got the energy back like you were lagging because we did a we did a bonus podcast a vault cast early, right. earlier so like this is our we're we're two we're basically three I'm, hours i'm in. out of beer out of beer <laughs> but i mean you seem you seem excited <laughs> enough uh and and yeah we, we just got so excited about shitting on elon musk the way I think uh, Elon Musk is different from Scott Cast. The way I think mm-hmm. Scott Cast differentiates itself from Elon Musk. The way the ego of Scott Cast, me, differentiates from the ego of Elon Musk mm-hmm. is one: I have not once ever professed that Scott Cast is a net gain for humanity. Okay, I'm not going around in in a state of self importance and like trying to trying to you know, pump everybody up about Scott Cast like it's the greatest thing. Yeah. What I'm doing. <laughs> you sure about that? <laughs> There's a subtle difference. Elon Musk is going on. He's saying he's the savior of the world. Yeah. And I'm going on and I'm saying I'm going to take over the world. Okay. I come from a more forceful position. It's not so high on the horse. It's just like, you know what my life's like? You know what I've decided as a well-balanced ego with this Ian over here checking me and David over here egging me on? You know what I got going for me? I'm just going to... I'm pointing this fucker. I'm pointing it right to the stars, man. I'm starting to sound a lot like Elon Musk. (laughs) (laughs) 
but I'm just driving. I'm not letting public opinion driving your car right into space, right into space. And we're going with the stars, man. We're launching Scott Cast into space, and we're going to be podcasting forever. When humanity dies, Scott Cast will go on, and that's not. That's the thing about Scott Cast. It's like I'm not trying to save humanity. I'm not above humanity. I'm apart from humanity. That's the key difference. Hmm. I'm the new species, Homo technicus, merged with technology. I'm a podcasting machine. You understand? That's different. <laughs> Elon Musk is trying to get some weird human thing going where it's like he gets acclaim as a legendary mythic figure in history. Yeah. That's what he's doing. Me, I, I'm, I'm, history is its own thing. It's got mm. its own stories. Maybe I'll be prominent in history, maybe not, but I know one thing. I'm going to be prominent as fucking podcasting. I'm going <laughs> to own the medium, and Scott Cash will be the greatest podcast ever to be published for free on iTunes or Android devices. Sponsored by audibletrial.com forward slash scottcats. We're going to find you, whoever you are that doesn't have it. Somebody has not signed up yet. Oh, so... That's the ego statement. Holy and shit. Now that we're an hour in, does, does the super ego have room to talk about the time he went to a very good friend of the podcast, Emily Rose? Uh, we went to her concert in Ann Arbor yeah. at, at the Ark. Oh, and, Christ. And it, it, it touched <laughs> you, man. Yeah. Well... Being in an arbor might have broke me down a little bit. Yeah, I mean, I'm the same way. Like, it's, it's, like I was, we were like a half, we were driving together. We were like a half an hour out from Ann Arbor, and I was already... Could feel your soul crushing yeah, inside you. Yeah, I was already annoyed at everybody. It's like, oh man, everybody really feels superior to me here already, I can tell. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, it's, that, it's that just that vibe Ann Arbor has, where it's like, it's too... It's too, it's college town on steroids and not in a good way. It's not like Animal House. Yeah. It's, it's, it's all the pretentious, uh, ivory tower things you expect from college, kind of amplified. All the restaurants are like gastro pubs where you eat dollar beers. Yeah. Uh, and all that. But with all that shitting on Ann Arbor, although we had a nice, we had a nice night at, I don't remember what. What pub we uh, we ended up at, but we were under Town's a nice tavern. No, that's a different old town tavern old or something. Town tavern. <laughs> there was, was a nice close to the there was a nice nude lady painted above our our table. Yeah, we had a nude lady painted above us. It was nice. It was nice. So yeah, that was a good. The beers place. were reasonable, and they were they reasonable. Yeah. Okay, I don't know because uh, the you... guy next to me ate all my fries <laughs> and he paid for my tab. <laughs> well, that was a good deal for you. It was a great deal for me. Yeah. Basically, I just. I just was like, hey, dude, you want fries? And he's like, <laughs> yeah. Okay, pay for my beer. <laughs> and the fries. <laughs> I'm just going to walk away. <laughs> so anyway, so Ann Arbor in general is a hard town to be around. It's just got this weird aura. But yeah. the, the venue we went to, this is apparently this huge legendary venue. Mm -hmm. and like On the walls, they have all these great songwriters, blues recording artists, stuff like that. Uh, very prestigious venue and yeah. our friend emily rose she played a song for us in one of our early scott cast when we were experimenting with putting music at the end uh she has a album coming out in august uh and a show you should google her and find all that stuff out and check that out but she's went to this arc and it's a big deal it's a big venue 
And so us as Scott Cast appreciators and fans, as as it, here's the deal. This is how much we appreciate our fans of Scott Cast. When one of our fans has a life-changing event, a big moment, and it happens to be on a recording day. <laughs> Not only will we drop the recording if they're a good enough friend of Scott Cast, but we'll go all the way to Ann Arbor and be in Ann Arbor. Ugh. Right? <laughs> Just to support them. And so you were in a weakened state. But tell me about your experience. How did you like the music? The music was great. Um, mm-hmm. uh, who was the opener? Andrew Bemis. Andrew Bemis, because he had mm-hmm. some some pretty good uh, good little tunes, and he had some he good had a great stage. Presence. He had some good banter. Yeah, yeah. He was yeah. He had a solid stage presence. You could tell this guy goes around the country doing that, does this, and that's that's what he does. So that was really good. That uh, got me feeling better about being in Ann Arbor. Yeah, yeah. You 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 were you were taken into a different time. Yeah, a different. A different mode of existence where you weren't in Ann Arbor. You were just in this room. I felt with these brilliant. I felt comfortable and I felt connected to the people around me. That's that's what a good songwriter does. It's what I like about songwriters. Yes, yeah. they play music and it's not about ego stroking. It's not about like id like carnal, <laughs> just just rage. Mm-hmm. It's it's super ego. It's really something that I thought you would be more into over. I think, but I think your main music thing expresses itself through the id, because you like such hardcore music. As I do, evidenced by Feudcast. Yeah, I mean, it's about balance. I think. Okay, so if you're feeling in like a too super ego mood, which would happen as a therapist, I imagine. Yeah, sometimes you gotta get uh, you gotta get in touch with your your id, your id side. Yeah. You do that with uh, indecipherable lyrics and hardcore, <laughs> <laughs> hardcore music. But anyway, uh, <clears throat> so yeah, Andrew Bemis was great. Mm-hmm. I thoroughly enjoyed that that set. Uh, we paid an exuberant amount for alcohol because I had to become a member of the Ark. Right, and you weren't going <laughs> to sit through that without alcohol. <laughs> You will join. A, you will become a member. So, if anyone wants to buy booze from the Ark uh, between now and August thirty first, just let me know, and I will. Uh, I am a member, and you can you can use my membership to purchase alcohol. Here's what you do: just go up to the counter, be like, "Look, I know my favorite <laughs> Ian Dixon. Just give me the freaking beer. Don't even pay. Just be like, give me the beer. I know Ian Dixon." And they're gonna they're gonna just drop to their knees and be like, "I'm sorry, we made you wait." <laughs> <laughs> and they will get you your beer. Just tell them you know Ian Dixon. That's right. So we had a beers. So we were both feeling a little lugubrious. Or salubrious. We were feeling salubrious. <clears throat> and we had some beers, and we were yeah. enjoying the music. And tell me how the super ego reacted. And then KFR comes on, and there was three songs that really hit me. And it was Ohio, the cover of uh, Crosby, Stills, and Nash. Right. And Young. Crosby, Stills, Nash. Was it all of them? Oh, yeah. He, Crosby, Stills, yeah, Nash. That riff is Neil Young all the way. That is very Neil Young, yeah. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Ohio. What else hit me? Was it one of their original songs? 
The other two were Emily's songs. Um, she played Pamela, Party Hat. Party Hat hit Party me. Hat, Party Hat's amazing. Party Hat got song. me. And uh, Missouri River Bridge. Look, if you, I know we talk, we're we're talking her up right now, and I know she's a friend of Scott Cast, and you think I'm just, I'm just, I'm just being like she's awesome because she's my friend. But no, this she's a freaking solid musician, solid songwriter, and Party Hat in particular is freaking genius. Yes. There is a video that you should check out, and I'm being serious. This is not Scott Cast, Scott. This is Scott helping you. This is the closest I'm going to get to Elon Musk. <laughs> tweeting tweeting about how great he is and how he's going to help the world. I'm going to help the world by being like, Emily Rose, you should listen to this. Google or YouTube or whatever. Party Hat, Tiny Desk Concert. Uh, it's the trio. It's KFR as a trio. And it's a performance of Party Hat that is absolutely spectacular. And it's amazing. You should check it out. To really understand why Ian Dixon got hit hard by this. And tell me how hard you got hit. All three of those songs... Took a little little tear to my eye. Weeping openly in public, Ian Dixon. Weeping in public. Rational, Ian Dixon. Controlled. Big hard therapist, death metal listening motherfucker, Ian Dixon. You hear the worst stories every day, unfazed, <laughs> like next. <laughs> but these people played music for you. Music that isn't even your genre. Yeah. And, and I wept open, like a little baby. Yeah. Like verse... Like chapter eight, verse twelve of the Scott Cast. You know, no, like what? even uh, ruined it. Uh, go. I was going to do a biblical reference. Do it, do it, do it. Chapter eight, verse twelve of Scott Cast lore. Ian wept. <laughs> <laughs> See, that was worth it. Normally, I let jokes go, but I had to, <laughs> I had to throw in Ian wept. <laughs> what was I going to say? We were we 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 left at weeping openly about uh, Emily Rose and her songwriting yeah. and the performance of the trio. Yeah, Fox. So you gave a reference for Party Hat. I, I actually, when we first met, mm-hmm. it was at a show that Emily was doing Valentine's with Day Thirty 20, Men. The band, not. <laughs> Not the group of people. Um, yeah. So it's just her and a, and a lady that her I and, saw. Yes. Valentine's Day 2015, I want to say. I feel like... 2016. Valentine's Day 2016. Maybe yeah. I'm misremembering this, but I feel like Party Hat like, evolved at that time. And yeah, that, she was starting... Yeah. That was my preferred version. It was so raw, and it was. I really felt what she was feeling at that point. Look at this hipster Ian. This is music that hasn't been released yet. And he's like, you know, it was better before. <laughs> Not even released like, yet. I mean, it still made me cry like two weeks ago. But like, right. yeah, that was like, that was it right there. Mm-hmm. So anyway, uh, what were we getting at? That I'm a big puss? Well, you're, you've, you're a strong superego with empathy. And here's the deal. I have, yeah. This is where it leads to. Uh, you were telling me how empathy is an evolutionary strength. Absolutely. Right. And you're, you, you, you were positing earlier that uh, the people who are going to survive for the eons later as the yeah. species advances. So we were talking be... about uh, extinction events last time. Exactly. Or last, last time, since uh, yeah, the last cast will be between. <laughs> <laughs> 
the last normal episode, we talked a lot about that, and we ended up talking about how the only hope for particularly the white man is to take to underground. Yeah. Uh, become mole people, develop a mole colony. Yeah. And, like, the only people you say are going to do that are people with high quotients of empathy. Exactly. Well, yeah. That also goes along with the other time you were talking about that. I was like, hey, you know what's going to happen? The sociopaths are going to eventually learn to talk to each other. No. And they're going to take over the world. So they're the people that are going to build the the concrete bunkers for one person, and they're going to die in there. Okay. The people with empathy, they're the ones building the mole colonies. <laughs> they're the ones that are like, we got to... They're like, we got to work together. We will be a mole family. Yes. Those are the people that are going to survive. And that makes sense. That makes sense. Because humans are social creatures. We're mm-hmm. not... We're not lone wolves. We never really have been throughout history. It's right. really only during this modern time where everyone's connected to literally everybody yeah. that we're even playing with the notion of how cool it is to be a lone wolf, you know? <laughs> <laughs> like, don't you want to just disconnect from the world, man, and, and never have internet again and just live in a cabin and pet your cat and start fires in this forest? <laughs> <laughs> that does sound nice. Yeah, man. That sounds practically romantic man but yeah i think uh i know we have uh our our pseudo fans over in uh tim and drew territory there that maybe wouldn't take kindly to my uh emotional fragility I don't know. I think they cry a lot. I think so. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Every other day, I'm hearing about how how Tim how Tim feels uh, feels uh, feels all sad about his reviews on his, on his own podcast. I or I mean, there's this uh, there's this societal expectation that men are like real hard and fucking uh, they don't feel pain and blah 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 blah. Mm-hmm. And I don't think that's adaptive. I think that's it's going the way of the dodo. Yeah, that makes for dead bloodlines. And uh, seven days without crying makes one week. <laughs> <laughs> Little sassy fellows like me, we're gonna keep the world going. Yeah, just 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 watching everybody else battle away, nipping at each other's buds. That's how it was described to me. I showed feudcast to some people. Yeah, and they were like, "Poor Ian." Here he is, rational Ian, uh, just sitting there watching these two brutes <laughs> just just talk over each other, trying to get a laugh in. And poor Ian is just sitting over here waiting for a rational moment to come in and yeah. deploy something. Poor Ian, because that's what high school was like for me. <laughs> if you guessed, <laughs> it was like all the the uh, football team brutes just like flinging shit at each other mm-hmm. and i was like what am i doing here <laughs> i mean <laughs> that's pretty extreme i don't think my football team was flinging shit <laughs> i don't know what school you grew up well in. i went to catholic school so that's oh okay it's a catholic thing <laughs> a little less evolved <laughs> okay <laughs> i mean maybe yeah if i was if i was struck struck about the wrist with a ruler all day i mean i might join in in the shit flinging at recess yeah. I might yeah, need yeah. that release. Yeah. You know, it's, but you have that, but you're, you're super, super ego. So you're able to retain control of your super ego, even, even in brutish circumstances. 
And I guess that's kind of the tough thing about superego is uh, it's about... It's a high-energy state of mind. Well, and it's a, it's influenced by the external world. It's influenced by society, and society's not, not doing so hot today. So how is it influenced by society? Can't you have, like, a solid superego and, like, look at society and be like, oh, that's kind of screwed? I mean, yeah. Or is, like, your definition of screwed according to society? You... It's how you relate to the outside world. So there's some measure of, I mean, there's, there's different, uh, what would you even call it? Different distinctions out there, right? You're going to have to be more distinctive. <laughs> <laughs> so you've got, uh, you've got cult cultures and subcultures and, uh, I don't know. I don't know if megaculture is a term, but I'm going to throw that out there. I could see There's that mega, being a thing. Megacultures. It's like mega colonies of ants that yeah. span over continents, like single. Co- so they're basically the largest nation in the world mm-hmm. by area and population is not a human one, but one of ants. Really? Mm-hmm. And like spans like the entirety of the Americas and into like Russia and Europe and shit. Wow. It's pretty much the worldwide colony. All just this one colony of ants, and like they're they're all like of one hive mind. It's ridiculous. There's science about it. I don't know what. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for sharing that. You're welcome. Very indistinct science. Yeah. <laughs> While we're on the topic, <laughs> while we're sharing things we heard about. <laughs> yeah. So. Uh, so yeah, I mean that's that's uh, we we relate to our world, but there's different there's different kind of uh, shells of society right we have your your local community we could talk mm, about Hamtramck. how you fit into hamtramck culture in the street you're on i would say that goes pretty well there's all sorts of different people and mm-hmm. everybody gets along pretty good mm-hmm. and then you got your your state culture you got your michigan and people kind of people going oh maybe aren't as friendly to the the folks of hamtramck they're like oh get those immigrants out of here and we're like hey this is working all right here why are you so mad is that a cultural shell, or is that just a political divide within the shell? I'd say that's cultural. I mean, Mid East, Midwest is like a, a cultural thing. They have our own, uh, but like these issues get voted on, and it's like fifty fifty. So, can you say it's cultural for it to be, for it to be, uh, for for like Michigan to be be like that? As well, how does your psyche work? How do you? How's my psyche? How do you relate to your outside world? To you, I'm like, how can I promote Scottcast with this? It's like the question I ask myself in every situation. So when you when you consider that, does it is it more immediate, like local culture, or is it? Well, you thinking nationwide, or are you thinking worldwide? Like that's I don't know. those are the shells I'm talking about. That's the super ego like thinking shells. That's how wide. deep the super ego goes. Oh, so it's like the like is America pulling the strings? It's about it's Michigan pulling the strings. It's about how your ego and your id relate to the world. It's about how your ego and your id fit into the world. And the ego is how important I am to myself. Yes. And and the super ego is how my Your super ego is how you fit yourself you into f- the world. It, according to your own Without viewpoint. fucking things. According to your Oh. <laughs> Without literally be going in It's your conscience. Okay. Yes. So how do I relate to So the world? if you're a psychopath, you don't have a super ego. You are probably mostly id. 
but probably a lot of ego as well. You I would probably think it's think more highly ego. of yourself. Because, like, most sociopaths don't end up becoming, like, murderers, right? It's like 1% of people sociopathic or something. What's this stat? Something like that. Something it's a like lot of CEOs and stuff. Right. So it's like they obviously have some... It's not pure id. Because when I think pure id, I, I think of a grunting animal. Right. I think of I think of someone just like going at something full force. These are also concepts that we don't actually use in... Oh, this in, is not applicable. Okay. In modern psychology. This is a, this is a, this I is mean, a, there's, there's psychodynamic therapists, but they're really expensive and not very effective. Oh, they're just mostly <laughs> for rich people to play around with their mind. Yeah. They're like, hmm. Yeah. I want to go to a therapist, but I want the Freud experience. <laughs> I need him to be smoking during this. I'll pay for his Churchills. <laughs> <laughs> I had somebody. Oh, man. Someone from our agency was talking about how one of their kids came in and they were like, this isn't a therapist's office because they didn't have like the, the chaise lounge. <laughs> you got to have that, man. You got to be, you got to look up to the sky. And they're like, oh. yeah, this is maybe different from how you pictured it. <laughs> <laughs> Here's a tissue. Cry about it. That's what we do. <laughs> You're venting. Good. Good start. <laughs> Tell me more about how this is not meeting your expectations. Tell me more about your superego and how you think this fits into the world. I've also had to explain my tattoo a lot lately. The Salvador Dali? Yeah. Are you like, what, are you lifting your hand, head up of your hands? Well, because like casual Fridays, I wear my, my superhero t-shirts because that's kind of our thing. We, we uh, kids are our superheroes. Okay, so it's casual Friday, but you still have a theme that you have to... Stick we have to. a theme. <laughs> okay. But I wear t-shirts, and so, like, usually during the week, I'm I'm covering it. But when I'm wearing a t-shirt, it just kind of... It, it pops out. Mm. And so a lot of my coworkers have been asking about it, and I'm, I'm trying to explain it, like... What very, what's with to explain? You like Salvador Dali, you got his mustache on. I mean, that's kind of what I do. I try to be succinct, but, like... Uh, there's, there's the subtext about sort of the subconscious and that can get dicey. I don't know. Oh, so you put, you put in like a, like a crude joke into the idea of it (laughs) (laughs) and like, you don't want to tell that. I mean, I I try not to do that in the workspace, but. Because it's prominently above your groin. It is. It's like two feet long. Oh, not that tattoo. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, wait a minute. What's the other one? The, the giraffe. Oh, I mean, I was thinking... You were thinking I was showing off my uh, mustache? Yeah, I was thinking, like, I don't know, you have a t-shirt on. So, like, sometimes my t-shirt rides up and stuff, and people see that I'm a freaking <laughs> Sasquatch hairy beast under that. But, uh, but yeah, so, yeah, no. okay, you have a flaming giraffe on your I explained the giraffe, and they're like, Salvador Dali, well, why, why did you decide on that? And I got to explain kind of the... Well, let's explain like, what it is first. You got on your left left hind arm, I guess. David would know. <laughs> uh, but the, it's a, uh, the like a triceps a area. It's like a silhouette of a giraffe. It's pretty tall. It's on fire. And it's on fire. Instead of like a mane, instead of dots and stuff, it's a black giraffe and it's on fire, like a like along the spine of it. So what is this? What does it mean? What's the what's the what's the subtext you can't so give? My connection was um that Dali's work was inspired by Freud, which is inspired by dream imagery. Okay. Which is usually about 
bunch of psycho some bullshit. subversive sexual desires it's all subversive sexuality dreams are usually oh <laughs> excuse me i'm gonna go to bed <laughs> <laughs> so i mean for me it's like the the intersection between art and psychology which is like a nerdy thing for me that i like but if you were to get real technical about it i pretty much have a phallus on my arm is that what that means? Basically, yeah. Flaming giraffe. I mean, look balance. at it. It's long. It's long. And it's hot. It's burning with desire. Is that is that desire looks like it wants to die? The rest of the painting <laughs> <laughs> was like a, a woman in silhouette, and she's like draped in a, a sheet, and she has drawers coming out of her, and drawers, like empty spaces are- uh, Need to be filled. They're a symbolic of, yeah, of orifices- uh-huh. So it was a very sexualized painting. I'm never gonna like. I'm. I'm gonna like. It used to be I like a delayed laundry. I hate doing it. But now that I know that, like, when I'm putting things back in drawers, you just really. It's it's really. It's should, all about sex. Yeah, I sh- I, I'm too super ego when I do laundry. Not enough id. Like I yeah. should be full id, like naked sorting laundry. <laughs> really enjoy the experience. Might have to wash things after again, but yeah, <laughs> it'll be good. Get a little choke on while you're doing that. Oh, there's a reference to reference to to podcast. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, so I don't I don't explain that in detail at work. So okay, but, but okay, so we know now. What drove you to be like? You know what I want? I want the connection to sexuality and my profession and my and my my what is it? What would it be? Your your skill set. It's like art. Occupation. Intersection of, of art and psychology is where I was when I when I made the decision. Okay. You were like, you know what I want to I thought I was going to be an artist, but also I was really uh, about the mind. That's ultimately what went out. That was where I was at. Is you need to make a real impact. You can't just be like some idiot on a podcast being like, hey, <laughs> subscribe. <laughs> You're like, I need to make a real actual difference with this intelligence I have. Yeah, that's that's very super ego of you, and I think that's why I've uh, I haven't expanded it. I think I I need to be thoughtful about those tattoos, but also so you're not just, gonna put a drawer next to it. Also, just you know, three uh, emails and and Scott Cast email bag, and I'll I'll get something else. <laughs> yeah, yeah three three emails, and it doesn't matter what it means. <laughs> three emails saying the same thing. And he'll get a dick on his forehead. There you go. That's how dedicated you are to this Scott cast. That's right. As a superego, that, that means a lot to me, <laughs> that, that you would be so dedicated, like, with all this in mind, bearing in mind the society we're in. Because I don't do that. You're right about that. I don't bear in mind the society I'm in, like, mm-hmm. at all in my real life. Yeah. <laughs> my, my, my life is all about what happens immediately around me and, and somewhat of what I see in the news. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and, and the, in the random stuff I read, but like, I never, I, I'm, n- I'm never like in like this group of people, uh, pushing forward for something greater than myself. It's usually about me. Yeah. And pretty much every situation I get. I in. can't even watch the news anymore. I get devastated by the news. I get bored by the news. It's like, <laughs> <You're bored>. 
<laughs> yeah, this is old news. That, 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 is direct, that, is, that is a direct representation of ego, super ego. The news makes me cry sometimes. And the news makes me cry too. <laughs> boredom. Tears of boredom. You're over here like, the world is so bad. And I'm over here like, boring. <laughs> <laughs> and David's talking to himself. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, that's a good that's a good that's a good image that explains scott castle a lot <laughs> so this was a good episode considering we started with half a tank yeah and uh, and we went, went went some interesting places i've got an also in the news that we may have for fault cast but it's up for whatever well, i mean we're at a minute 20 i don't know we could end now what's up to you Good, I know. I mean, I don't have more. Well, I do have additional bullets. I don't know how to wrap them up in a nice, succinct episode. Oh, did we talk about bad nipple? Yeah, we talked about bad nipple. Yeah. Um. Yeah, and I want to mention Jurassic. What well, did we mention Jurassic Park in any way? No, we didn't mention we Jurassic do that. Park. Okay. Quick story before we go, just just for completionist's sake. Yeah. Uh. I've been online and like I follow a lot of dinosaur paleontology kind of nerd profiles on Instagram because uh, I run a website called dinopit.com that, you know, it's all about dinosaur facts. And ever since Jurassic Park Fallen Kingdom came out, Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom, uh, all the, you, you get all the typical things you'd expect from dinosaur nerds. You know, ever since the first Jurassic Park came out. Oh, it's not realistic enough. Oh, I'm disappointed. And the prominent thing that people were saying was this movie is not, uh, this movie does not promote paleontology in any way, which is true. They, they don't even have a paleontologist. This is like the first Jurassic Park movie where there's no paleontologist. There's no like real dinosaur expert represented in mm-hmm. any way. I think Jurassic World it was iffy at best too. Like that might have actually started with Jurassic World, but point being, paleontologist has not figured in. Like the science of it is like the plot is more circled around uh, the idea of gene manipulation and in the chaos that is inevitable given the attempts to control it. Point is, it's it's not a big promotion for paleontology like jurassic park was where like jurassic park came out and then like 20 years later there was an ass ton more paleontologists (laughs) and ever since then uh, scientifically it's been like a golden age of dinosaurs ever since jurassic park and all those kids grew up Mm -hmm. uh like people have been finding and naming like 20 species of dinosaur a week it's a ridiculous clip and so it's great time anyway but it's not doing the same thing. These new movies aren't doing the same thing. They claim. But I was at Meyer the other day. Yeah. And it, tell me this is not putting dinosaurs into the greater scheme of things, into the greater public conscious, into the, the, the na- national superego, if you will. <laughs> and putting that in the people's mind. I don't know if I'm using that term right. But <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> tell me if this isn't whatever that was. I, I went to the toy section as an adult does. Yeah. And they had, that I purchased for $7, a Stygimolic action figure. Mm-hmm. How specific do you need to go? It's like not a T-Rex action figure, which is expected. Right. Velociraptor, which is kind of expected, or any of the other. It's Stygimolic. What are the, like, like a very particular dinosaur. Yeah. 
Like, that's not even the most famous pachycephalosaurid. And, <laughs> <laughs> and, and here it is oh, with man. this sweet toy. So, like, w- how is that not promoting... I mean, I think any any... Any promotion of dinosaurs is good stuff. Yeah, that's why, like, even if, like... Bronwyn and I were at uh, Target, and there was just, like, a... I think it was just a T-Rex, like, uh, display. Mm-hmm. But it was, like, all up towards the ceiling. It, it was, was like, like life-size? It's like, 13 feet tall. Well, that's small. It's, like, fucking... Well, for a store, it was, like, gigantic. <laughs> like, you could you could see it from the other side of the store, and we were like, oh, shit, look yes. at that. And so, Gotta yeah. Go Target. That drew us in. I think that's great. I I remember I used to uh, reveal a little about myself. I used to take dance lessons. Used to be revealing this an hour and twenty (laughs) six minutes in. (laughs) Used to be a gymnast and a tap dancer. God damn! No wonder you're so lithe. And uh, there was a Seven Eleven across from the dance studio. I was like fucking seven or some shit. Okay, I was a little little wee baby. This is protein, Ian. But the protein, the Seven Eleven across the parking lot there, they had these these like dinosaur magazines that were like three D, and they came with the glasses. Fuck yeah! And yeah, you could open them up and you see all the dinosaurs popping out at you. I bought like four of those fucking things. Yeah, man. Like around that same age, that's I, great. I had a similar like I guess around that era, three D dinosaur yeah. material was the shit. Absolutely. I remember I had something very similar to a book. Uh, like my parents got me the software. This was before I entered it. Mm. And they got me the software where it's like you go into the CD and like uh, you you got like this super low resolution, like little world you live in yeah. where, you, where you navigate little screens and you learn things about dinosaurs and it plays videos and stuff like that. And there's hidden things and all that. And like there was a prominent 3D section. Mm. That like you needed, I'd wash the 3D glasses immediately because I was a child, but I'd still watch it in its blue and red glory because it was like, oh my god, it's so amazing. Yeah. It was such an immersive thing, and it was like two pixels. It was great, and that was the right time. Oh yeah, seven. It was ninety three. That mm-hmm. was Jurassic Park time. So I used to, so you used to, you used to dance. I used to be a little dancer, gymnast dancing, like gymnast and tap dancing. Yeah. What what caught you out of it? Uh, Did you turn eight. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, my my big sister was uh, she was a dancer before me, and I wanted to be like my big sister because I was a cool little brother, I guess. That's a rocky road to go down. Wanting to be like your older sibling. Well, I had a you you got you grew out of that apparently very early. I discovered gender roles, and I was like, oh, <laughs> okay, so. That's lucky for you, because I had a brother. <laughs> but gender roles are bullshit. Fuck that. Right, right. I, sh- I should have kept doing it. I would I mean, have been all limber. If you, and... if you enjoyed it, right. Yeah. You know, right now it's not a problem. I would have been, like, not as weak and gangly as I am now. That's a good I point. I could have beat Dave up. There you go. You would have gotten gymnast <laughs> skills. You'd have been like that chick at the end of Lost World. Yeah. That does spinnies and spinnies, and she snuck on the she snuck on the boat with Jeff Goldblum, and yeah. she kicked a raptor, and it, it got impaled. <laughs> See, that's the thing that's missing from the the new Jurassic Park movies mm-hmm. is like they claim it's a lot of carnage and it's a lot of action, but there's no one. Well, actually, there's a very prominent impaling scene. <laughs> Never mind. <laughs> Spoilers. 
Okay, yeah. Go see Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom. Something's getting impaled. <laughs> It'll be fun. Um, but yeah, what I was going for was I did the same thing with my brother. Like, you know, you have an older brother. They kind of set the pace. They mm-hmm. do what they do. And then you, you're like, well, that's what he did in high school. So that's what I'm going to do. Right. And here's the thing. Me and my brother couldn't be more different <laughs> as individuals. So me trying to follow in my brother's footsteps led to years of wasted effort pursuing things I shouldn't. Like he was a big time scholar athlete. Yeah. Straight A's through everything. And he did sports. Me, uh, I tried to do sports for a few years. I tried to do track and field. Mm-hmm. And it turns out just because I'm a skinny little fella... <laughs> Doesn't mean I can run at any length of time. Yeah. Doesn't mean I can go fast. Doesn't mean I do anything. It just means I don't eat while I don't do anything. (laughs) But I had people giving me all this shit about it because I was so bad at track. In fact, I have one story about how bad I was at track. There was Coach Taylor, Mm. and he knew my brother. He knew my brother. I mean, he went on to states and hurdles, and like he was a real athlete, real competitive guy and uh, real successful with it and then here's me i come on the track team and he's real excited we got another kraus coming in Mm. oh this is great kraus 2.0 amazing but i suck i don't (laughs) i don't do anything right i i I barely know how to run i i bet it and and so he and and i keep losing the race i'm in and he pulls me aside one practice and he says scott we're going to figure out what you're good at <laughs> he just knew for some reason because of my brother and his success that there must be some latent thing in this kraus that that'll bring that greatness out everybody's good at something right in one practice he decided to put it to the test he was like we're finding out what you're doing he had me run sprints no no good okay he had me do long jump no 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 good uh, well, let's do something else finally he came to the point where he was like, maybe, I know you're slow. You can't move fast. That's okay. But maybe you can run for a really long time. So he had me run after doing all this crap, mm. the longest race they had available, which is like two miles. So he had yeah. me run like two miles. And I ran the two miles, breathing hard. And, and, and it is the most tortured thing ever. I'm pushing myself. I'm trying to prove that I can follow in my brother's footsteps and that I, that I can take this mantle because I am a Kraus and I am a real mm. person. I'm not a deficient run of the letter. Right? Right. And I, and I get to the end and I'm excited to hear, how did I do? How did I do? Is that good? And he's like, maybe we should, maybe we should uh, just call it a day. <laughs> <laughs> Never try it again. Never anything. And maybe if you did that again, not after like running all those sprints and maybe jumps and stuff. I know maybe it was poor coaching on his part. Yeah, but honestly, I think I think it was I, <laughs> I, I think it was there was plenty of time accounted you know for. Why don't you go uh, build a robot that can answer the door? <laughs> and I would have had that done <laughs> in a week. I just needed someone to challenge me in the right way. Like if there was a class about podcasting or an extracurricular activity where it's like, okay, you're going to podcast. I'd have ripped that shit up. <laughs> 
I'd been getting varsity letters. All the ladies would be like flocking to me in my little varsity jacket, like with a little microphone and mm. like a cursive podcasting. <laughs> you know, I'd gone to finals Get and I'd that be, varsity letter for yeah. podcasting. Like David would be on the sidelines pretending he was a good podcaster. <laughs> Like, like trying to get his own pod on, but like, just like it was in high school, because we were in high school together, he was the big athlete. Yeah. He was good with that stuff. And I was shit. Now the tables have turned. Now I'm the king of of podcasting. He's one of those shit flingers. He was, well, I want to call him one of the shit flingers, (laughs) because he's, you talk to him. He's a bright guy. Talk to him for five seconds, and you realize beneath all that physical, uh, uh, endurance and strength and, and uh, this perfectly sculpted body of this man oh shit <laughs> <laughs> getting into so, some of the Scott id. I talk about the id and the id comes out <laughs> anyway but beyond all that the nerdiness comes out that's force. true it's pretty easy to see how nerdy is like just let him talk for any length of time and you will you immediately get dispelled the notion that he's he's just some brute this is true. I mean, there's other problems with him. <laughs> <laughs> but Brute is not one of them. <laughs> Gotta love David. I don't think I don't think there's any other person that I could have on the podcast and come back excited. <laughs> even though even though like even though we make even though we play fun and we, and we make fun of him all the time. He's he's the only person who's good enough sport and has a strong enough personal ego. To to be able to be like this is all fun, it's a joke. And that's yeah. why he's a great id. Because id, you need to be able to poke fun at the id in life, and that's how the ego. That's I believe I believe that's one of the tools the ego uses. Yeah, because when the ego is able to look at something, the id, something disgusting, the id comes up. And you can minimize that. That's a defense mechanism. You use humor. You you laugh to yourself and you think, hey, yep. I'm clever. And so you're distracted by yep. the fact that you just thought about, you know, like a foursome with everybody you work with. <laughs> right. Because <laughs> you're a funny guy. <laughs> that's how the ego works. I'm catching on to this shit pretty quickly. It's, yeah, that's good. I that That's how, that's the main way people should start learning about topics. It is. It's. Like I said, it's not uh, it's not actually applicable in uh, modern psychology, but the world opens up it's, when you it's, look at it. It's a lens. good way to look at things. It, it helps you be uh, introspective. It's a good framework. Like the world needs good frameworks. Yeah, and like frameworks aren't meant to be laws that you live by. They aren't meant to be strict things. And I feel like laws. This is a whole other podcast, but I feel like having a written law that says people can't do this and that's final. Mm-hmm. It's a little short-sighted because there's gray area with every action, pretty much. There's like very yeah. few total black and white. That's despicable. Don't do it. That's true. But in like in life and commerce and society, like there are situations where one thing's good at one time, another thing's good at a different time. But the yeah. super ego fucks things up, and the ego thinks that the world that it can come up with these decrees and make a perfect utopia. And tried to try in an effort to satiate well, the superego. There's a lot of gray area. There's a lot of gray area, and you can't. Most of the time, lot. something may be right, but not. There's no absolutes, except for eugenics. Yeah, that's pretty bad. <laughs> and Hitler, eugenics is bad. Hitler and most of the things he stood for are pretty bad. <laughs> he had great taste in uniforms, Hugo Boss. <laughs> 
And people vote with the dollars. They're like, you know what? We like Hugo Boss. <laughs> we're going to ignore everything about their whole clothing Nazis thing. Yeah. Well. And we're going to keep buying their merchandise. It wasn't the lapels that did all that shit. <laughs> <laughs> wasn't their boots that they were goose-stepping. The people goose-stepped without the boots. That's true. Just because they put the boots on doesn't mean you need to go after the boot maker. That's right. You know, and that's what I have to, that's what I'm thinking about with the Jurassic World thing. To bring it back full circle to a topic we were talking about half yeah. an hour ago is people like to So shit. the filmmakers are, wait, who's responsible for the, the travesty that's Jurassic World? Here's where I'm going with that. <laughs> <laughs> the idea was good, but the filmmakers fucked it up. No, no, I'm not saying they fucked it up at all. I'm saying they went for what they wanted to go for. Okay. Yeah, they which was which was to make a like a blockbuster movie with dinosaurs in it, and they did that. They made a lot of money. Yeah, half as much as Jurassic World did. But you know, that's just that's just recency. Well, and what I'm saying is the question I want to raise from all this basically mm-hmm. is uh, is it as valid a form of entertainment to shit on a movie according to your own made up super ego standards or 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 is that being too persnickety? I don't know if I understand your question. Me neither. <laughs> I had a thought. There's some social commentary about the movie or There's not social commentary about the movie. Super ego is like, like all these people is all these people who feel like like the big moral issue with the movie is not like a real moral issue like you bring to the table. Yeah. It's like should they portray dinosaurs correctly? Should they promote dinosaurs oh. as a science? And stuff like that, or should they you cash, just use it to cash in? And people feel like they're using it to cash in, and they're shitting on the movie because of it. I mean, it's a fictional tale. You can do whatever the fuck you want with fiction. Right. I mean, it'd be more fun if the dinosaurs were more realistic, because it would be just, believable. I think we just need... That's a- why Jurassic Park was one of the greatest films ever made. Yeah, that was part of it, was that it, it, dinosaurs went from being sprawled lizard-legged things to accurate representations in the yeah. media immediately absolutely and that was great but yeah. so what we need to do is we need another blockbuster love we don't need a another jurassic world to do this that's the that's the mistake these paleontologists i feel like are making mm-hmm. they're like jurassic park did us so good why aren't you doing us good anymore they keep going to the to the same well you know so uh-huh. like so if they were really serious about this, mm-hmm. they'd, they'd come up with a better plot and a better movie, puts, put, get, get, get that going and get that, make that happen. Yeah. But they're not that serious about it because they just take to Twitter. Well, less is more with these things. I mean, you look at Jaws and you see the fucking shark for five minutes of the film. Right. Maybe. Right. And it was one of the best films ever made. And the, the reason that it was so sparse was because they just had mechanical problems. But if they would have showed the shark the whole time, it would look fake as fuck and it would have been dumb as hell. And no one would have cared about it. Right. But, I mean, like, you, you say that like it was a big happy mistake. But Steven Spielberg well, yeah. directed Jaws. And yeah. he then directed Jurassic Park. And he did that master. And think about he Jurassic Park. About How much did you really see the dinosaurs? Exactly. Well... Actually, it was pretty good. Like, I was reading reviews of when Jurassic you, Park when it came I out. Mean, yeah. And a big thing was, like, they actually give you dinosaurs early on. They don't tease you with it. The thing that they did tease you with was the king of the dinosaurs, everyone's favorite dinosaur. They show you them, but it's more about T-Rex. the characters, the first one. Yes. 
Yes. Well. You get the big T-Rex scene. Yes. And you get. It's about the debate that they pose. Some at the end there with the, the raptors. And you get the Dilophosaurus killing Nedry. Right. Like, yeah, for Jurassic and that's Park, like, a lot of the tension comes from, like, the, the makes right. the cinematic masterpiece comes from, like, the first... There's a lot of space between those. And the new one, from what I understand, there's a lot of, lot of dinosaurs just all over the place. And it's not as exciting. Well, we're going to... We can't talk too much, because I want to do a whole podcast on Jurassic So we'll World. get into that later. But, but that's the I problem say, I have with a lot of the... The... Uh, the sequels yeah <laughs> they, they, they lack that tension like i yeah like here's what i think you mean tell me if i'm hitting it uh in jurassic park like they show dinosaurs fairly early you get a brachiosaurus shot mm-hmm. like really big epic grandiose per- beautifully made for the time particularly right and it's, it's emotional every time i see it to this day i like well up with tears and like optimism and joy and that's the thing that's the thing that's missing is that in the that, Jurassic Park first that Ohio movie, moment. Yeah, that Ohio moment. Like I like where you were weeping for the music being played and the social respect. I was like, dinosaurs could be real. <laughs> <laughs> it could happen. <laughs> You're all sad about life and how people have such a hard time, and I'm over here like, why won't they clone them? <laughs> So like that's what they do is like they build it up the, the like the first half of that movie all the way up until the the fence goes down and the mm-hmm. T-Rex starts storming about is it's a debate is is this a good thing is this a bad thing and all they're doing is showing how great it is the first half like yeah. oh we clone dinosaurs oh it's wonderful and they take it to the theme park and the theme park is freaking state of the art it's amazing it's beautiful everything seems to be going right they're about to open up it's super exciting and you are optimized you're optimistic and, and and you feel optimistic and you want it to go good you want it to happen yeah and you get built all the way up to that point and then a fucking t-rex shows up <laughs> And that's when you see it. That's what makes it so great. Yes. Like in the Lost World and stuff like Tension. that. Tension. Throughout the entirety of the Lost World, everyone agrees with Jeff Goldblum. No one should go there. Right. And like, and we're basically just forced to follow Jeff Goldblum being right. Whereas that whole first half of Jurassic Park, there was that huge debate over, like, like what, and, and they left it hanging whether it could. Well, I guess you knew it was going to be carnage eventually, right, yeah. but you weren't feeling that. that you but I mean, the it's, time, uh, you wanted it to work. It's like the Alien and the Aliens sequels. That same kind of dynamic that there was so much tension in the first film, and you mm-hmm. don't really see the alien until the end, right? For the most part, right? I mean, there's there's some kills, but it's like flashes, and then. I mean, Aliens is still a great film. Aliens is a great film, not as great as Jurassic Park. Because Aliens, here's my argument for that. Aliens, the tension was built purely with horror. Like, Aliens, it's just scary, it's just a crazy scary thing. Aliens is exactly the same film as Alien, except as an action film. All right, the, right. All the plot points are the same. Right. Is that the truth? Well, how, if you, you think about explain it. Explain that, explain that one, because I don't, I don't know quite... Uh, so there's, there's this, uh, planet that they're going to, right? Mm-hmm. That there's an alien life form that's going to murder people. That 
like even like the scenes line up. There's uh, they start with this crew on a ship, and there's a breakfast scene, and then one of the crew gets infected. This is common to both. Yes. Okay, that's brief plot for plot. It's like very. They're very. They run in parallel. If you watch them both, mm-hmm. everything lines up except for there's more brutality in the second one. Yeah, it's somewhat similar with the Lost World and Jurassic Park, mm-hmm. but. In Jurassic Park, the tension was built with that beautiful optimism rather than just when shit can hit the fan. I mean, there was part of that in there too, right? right. Like, but like the, it was set against, contrasted with this beautiful yeah. optimism where aliens didn't have that. It was pretty much like, oh, they're deep in space and they're definitely going to die. There's no lightning in this <laughs> ship. <laughs> like, there was no hope ever in that movie. Uh, and then in The Lost World, that optimism is that within the entire Jurassic Park series, uh, that optimism is never recreated because in Jurassic right. World, that optimism is turned to just jaded mercantilism, which yeah. is it's got a sophisticated thing about it. But there's no tension with jaded mercantilism. That that's just like I'm waiting for the shit to happen. Right, because that's going to be fun to watch a tight T-Rex in a Starbucks. But uh, but it doesn't have that real tension where where you're battling in your mind between like this i want this to be good but when's it gonna be bad there's none of that yeah that tension is important to me it's super important that's that's the basis of every scott cast it's like we're all optimized mm-hmm. optimistic about how this is gonna go even though i like watch garbage movies we should do a garbage movie uh review soon yeah we should we we haven't done it since like the beginning yeah, like we, episode one, literally. Yeah, episode one, we were like, we're pretty much going to do this every episode. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty much all we got. We should do uh, Lady Terminator. We'll do Lady Terminator soon. We're going to do a review podcast of Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom, where I give it, here's a spoiler, I give it a 9.9 out of 10. <laughs> but you don't know what percentage of that is because I just love dinosaurs and fuck it, let's watch them 100 feet tall. 90%. Ninety <laughs> <laughs> percent of 9.9. 9. is like Chris Pratt has some funny lines. <laughs> so so there we go. And we'll talk about Lady Terminator, give that full review. I feel like for that one, like we might we we might be able to do a cool like video thing maybe. But we'll 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 see how it goes. We'll see. I'm not gonna pontificate or ideate on the podcast. I've learned my lesson. Good call. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thank you. For joining us on this exceptionally enlightening, super colorful, original telecommunicated transmission, otherwise known as Scott Cast. Uh, we're wrapping up. And with that, I bid the adieu. Adieu. Adieu.